This is the Build Your Path podcast, where we explore how people get into their careers in the built environment. Today's guest is Drew Schmidt. Drew is the Principal Threat Intelligence Analyst at GuidePoint Security. This podcast is sponsored by the Building Congress and Exchange, Baltimore's premier organization for networking, education, and business development in the construction industry. Welcome on into the Build Your Path podcast. I am your host, Matthew Pine, and my guest today is... Drew Schmidt, and I am the operations lead for the GuidePoint Research and Intelligence team. Drew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So uh, I know you just mentioned what you do. Uh, Can you go into a little bit more depth about what you do? Yeah, so um, I focus on running all the threat intelligence operations for GuidePoint, um, as well as really focusing in on uh, malware reverse engineering. That's kind of my specialty. So um, I do provide uh, malware uh, research as well as malware reverse engineering uh, services to our clients. Um, And I also participate in the bigger threat intelligence effort for uh, threat actor tracking, threat research, and things of that nature. Drew actually just wrote a blog for us um, centering around ransomware and uh, critical infrastructure. Uh, so, Drew, can you just explain what critical infrastructure is and why it needs to be protected? Yeah, so critical infrastructure, in essence, is going to be anything that's really so vital to um, the United States as well as other countries um, that if something bad were to happen to those those industries or those organizations associated with critical infrastructure, um, there would have a really big impact on security or the economy or some sort of you know national public health or, or safety or something of that nature. So, um, I mean, even just thinking about the definition, obviously that shows why it's important and why it needs to be protected. Um, but I think when you factor in the fact that you know critical infrastructure is so critical and it's so ingrained in everything that we do on a daily basis, that even just uh, amplifies the need uh, for more protection, just to make sure that you know we all get to continue to living the lives that we lead, um, as well as just having the things that we have and keeping our security and uh, economy strong. Yeah, it's a it's a good point, and uh, you know that kind of relates also to the construction industry. Um, is the construction industry vulnerable? Have we seen recent cyber attacks? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in today's day and age, when we think about cybersecurity, um, you know, everybody is vulnerable in some way. Um, And so one of the biggest and most prevalent attacks that's out there right now is obviously ransomware. Uh, Ransomware is going to be any kind of malicious software that is going to uh, encrypt your files uh, or more specifically your data or your critical data which makes it basically useless to you. You can't do anything with it anymore. And in most cases, that brings operations to a complete standstill. Um, So when we look at uh, ransomware attacks um, over the course of the first quarter of 2022, uh, the construction sector was the sixth most most impacted industry. Um, And and if you even focus a little bit more on critical infrastructure, it's the third most impacted industry uh, when we're talking about Uh, critical infrastructure and ransomware attacks. So, um, you know, that highlights, um, you know, the importance of making sure we're protecting ourselves from from that perspective, but also just the fact that, like you mentioned, you know, the construction industry is targeted. Um, When you look at trends from 2021 into 2022, it's very consistent uh, across the board of how many construction industry or how many construction organizations are being hit with ransomware uh, on a regular basis. And those are just the ones that are publicly posted to the ransomware leak sites. If we look at um, you know, 
deeper um, statistics of you know, if we if we were able to at least get all the data from all the different ransomware or, uh, incident response firms and, and other organizations that are participating in incident response, I think we'd see even more that were impacted by ransomware. So um, when you factor in, you know, the construction industry in general and the fact that there's a lot of operational technology that goes along with traditional IT technology, I think that this just opens up a little bit more of an opportunity for threat actors to take advantage of that and, and cause damage. And, and so ultimately, you know, again, everything is vulnerable, um, but with some of these configurations, obviously, um, you know, there's a lot more opportunity for um, exposure. So we talk a lot about uh, vulnerability and potential threats, potential attacks. What can people do to, or people or firms can, what can they do to stay protected? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing is really taking a proactive defense approach. Um, and a lot of this is going to be centered around continuous improvement. Uh, a lot of organizations will measure their security posture as a point in time type of measurement, which is great. And it gives you a baseline for where you're at. But I think making sure that you're focusing on continuously improving and keeping up with uh, the threat landscape that's kind of always changing is going to be really advantageous to helping uh, stay protected. Um, focusing on fundamentals is probably one of the biggest pieces of pieces of advice that we can offer is just, you know, focus on making sure you have a baseline of, of good security technology, make sure you have solid processes in place and really leverage that uh, layered defense or also called the defense in depth strategy. You just mentioned the layered defense. I know you talked about that a little bit in the blog. Can you just explain what the layered defense approach is? Absolutely. So layer defense really focuses on having multiple methods of um, overlap in your defense strategy. So um, it's more of a uh, redundancy in place to make sure that if one particular mitigating measure um, is not perfectly effective, you have another one already in place to make sure that um, you can kind of compensate for that as well as continue to mitigate threats. So as you overlay um, these different strategies, you just make sure that you have that defense in depth that allows for either uh, improved detection or um, in the best case scenario, improved prevention of threats when you, within your environment. What do you think is the best way to stay prepared? Yeah, I think preparation is, is a good part of, um, you know, the whole proactive defense and pro, uh, proactive defense approach. But I think there are a couple things that definitely help with um, the, the proactive preparation aspect of, of cyber defense. And the first one is making sure that you have an incident response plan. Um, most organizations, you know, really don't, I mean, obviously nobody ever wants to have an incident in their environment, but I think, you know, what we're seeing in uh, today's, um, today's environments is that, you know, incidents happen and it's just kind of uh, something that, you know, we've accepted as part of our uh, doing business in a cyber world. And so having a plan that you can follow when an incident happens is going to be extremely important. Similarly, for your technical folks that are going to be doing the, the response, it's great to have things like playbooks in place to give them an idea of how they would proceed through different scenarios. Um, on top of all this, once you have an incident response plan and some playbooks in place, it's great to start vetting those processes. And so putting your organizations through tabletop exercises is going to be a great way to have a high level um, type of scenario where you're you're putting your incident response plan and playbooks to the test. And this could be more process related or high level discussion related. But then if you take it to the next level and you do something like a purple team exercise where you have a red team that is going to be conducting a, a simulated attack and you have the blue team that is going to be responding to that, you can actually then really put your processes and incident response plan and your playbooks all to the to the to a real test and see how your organization would do. And all of this kind of highlights that continuous improvement aspect where we're circling through, we're finding gaps, 
you know, no organization's perfect, but then we're able to remediate those. We're able to continuously improve and strengthen our processes. So, uh, Drew, I just want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about your career, maybe how you got into cybersecurity, because I know we have a lot of young people listening and, you know, why young people might want to consider a career in cybersecurity. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that for me, I, I really approached or I came into cybersecurity in a, in a way that a lot of other people have. I started in traditional IT, um, really doing um, more application support and uh, help desk type of work where um, I was supporting an electronic health record vendor. Um, and one of the one of the first like training programs we did was about uh, IT infrastructure to help us get a better understanding of that. And I was just like, wow, this is super awesome. Like this is super interesting. And and I just really kind of uh, fell in love with it with technology. Um, and so from there, I, I went through a very um, you know natural progression where I got into systems admin work and network admin work. And then I found myself in a SOC and I was working with EDR products and just kept building up my skills to where I got into instant response and forensics. And then I really found this, uh, this niche uh, of malware analysis and, and reverse engineering. And that's where I really just kind of found like, you know, the love of my career, I guess you could say is just yeah. I really love doing that. It's a challenge. It's super interesting. Um, and it's it's really kind of this uh, competition, you know, on a daily basis, uh, you against the malware author and, and seeing kind of who can best, uh, who can best who there. So that's kind of that was kind of my path. Um, there's a couple of things that I really like about cybersecurity in general um, that I think you don't necessarily get in some other industries. And I think the biggest thing is how fast things change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people tend to get bored in, in certain careers and, and I can totally understand that. But I think with cybersecurity, things change so fast um, that, you know, you're always on your toes. And sometimes that means a little bit longer hours. And sometimes that does mean a little bit more stress, but um, you know, at the end of the day, you really feel like you can have an impact um, on you know, helping organizations be more secure and you continuously get to learn which is really awesome. And so I think if, you know, you're a natural problem solver, you like to be challenged and you like a fast paced environment, I think cybersecurity could be a good fit for you. It's a great answer. Uh, and this is a question that I'm really interested in um, thinking about, you know, just outlook. What is your outlook on the future of construction cybersecurity? Uh, what are some, you know, innovative practices that you see coming down the pipeline? Yeah, I think um, you know the the future of cybersecurity in general. I think is you know is really positive overall. I know a lot of people kind of have a a doom and gloom approach to thinking about um, cybersecurity because it seems like there's so many threats and there's so many vulnerabilities that are constantly emerging. But I think overall that's coming from an increased awareness in cybersecurity in general. Um, I think you know looking at construction specifically, I think that there's a great opportunity for organizations to really focus on you know, those foundations and really scale that out to their operational technology in the field. That I think is going to be one of the areas that is going to be most important when we're talking about um, making, you know, as things become more interconnected, um, as we proceed with more automation and and more processes that that allow us to be ultimately better at doing things like construction, that just means that there's an opportunity there for really approaching cybersecurity in in a really proactive way. And so I think when we're looking at things like zero trust, where we're, you know, really putting authentication and just making sure we're uh, trusting devices on our scaled out networks and our, you know, our remote networks, I think is going to be a really great thing um, for uh, industries like the construction industry to really start to uh, pursue. Um, additionally, you know, just the fact that, you know, again, as, as technology becomes more prevalent and we think about things like, you know, the cloud or AWS or Azure or other solutions that are leveraging you know this proverbial cloud 
Um, I think there's even more, um, you know, opportunity to uh, make things more interconnected, but to, to continue to secure them. Um, and so I think that as we think about the, you know, the next five to 10 years, I mean, we've seen how fast technology's grown in just, you know, the last five to 10 years, I, I would say it'll continue to grow. So um, it'll be really interesting to see how things go. And then if someone like, you know, listening to this podcast, maybe they've read the blog, but they want to learn more, maybe they want to network a little bit. Are there any upcoming events that they can attend? Yeah, so on uh, June 9th, uh, we are going to be having an event uh, with GuidePoint, uh, MCTEI, and ABC um, at Little Havana in Baltimore, where we're going to be discussing a little bit more in depth uh, about the emerging ransomware trends and critical infrastructure. Um, I will be there as well as uh, Mark Lance, who's the VP of the Incident Response and Threat Intelligence teams at uh, GuidePoint, will be there as well as, as bunch as well as a bunch of other folks from GuidePoint and MCCEI, ABC, and, and various organizations. So um, if you're available, come on out. It'd be great to have you. Great. Uh, and then if people want to learn more about GuidePoint, where can they go? Yeah, so guidepointsecurity.com is the the main um, website um, that has details about all of our services. Um, you can also get a copy of the the most recent white paper that we put out, uh, which is a it's a very similar topic to the blog that we wrote for uh, with MCCEI. Um, it's a little bit more in depth in terms of some of the trends that we've seen from 2022, um, and a little bit more focused on threat intelligence as well. So if you're interested in that, you can get that white paper out on the website as well. Great, and I'll actually drop that link too, so people can find it in awesome. the uh, podcast description. So um, thank you so much, Drew. This was very insightful. We haven't had anyone like uh, yourself on the podcast before. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you want to learn more about the Build Your Path podcast or the built environment overall, go ahead and visit buildyourpath.org. Another big thank you to our guest, Drew Schmidt of GuidePoint Security. This podcast was sponsored by the Building Congress and Exchange Foundation. And it was produced by the Maryland Center for Construction, Education, and Innovation. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.